Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Um, man, I just want to say, you know, I don't know what, what your view is of uh, what it's like during the week for pastors, like that we just live on like cloud nine all the time, and then we, then we float into church and it continues. But I'll just say... We need this as much as you do. Like coming in here, it's like, man, I need, I need to get with my brothers and sisters in the Lord and worship together. And uh, there are some days where I just get, I think I get more out of this than anyone. So yeah, it's amazing. Love you guys. So glad you're here. Um, we're going to get into the word here. I'm going to pray because I want God's help today. I don't always pray before I messages because we, we pray throughout the service, but I'm going to pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for your truth. God, I ask for a spirit of grace, a spirit of wisdom and revelation on your people. Lord, help me to articulate these words. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we've been uh, in a series called Has God Said? Much of what is clearly stated in Scripture um, is being questioned in today's society. We've gone after some of those um, hot topics, that would maybe be another name for the series, it'd just kind of be hot topics. We're going after some of those things that are uh, in culture and things that are questioned. Um, today, I'm going to skip, totally skip review. Um, I want to get right into the message because we have some ground to cover, and I'll just get right into the subject. Um, the question we're going to ask today is, has God said that Christians should love and should support the Jew and the nation of Israel. Should Christians love and support the Jewish people and the nation of Israel? I don't know if you've ever asked that question or if that's important to you. Um, I believe the answer to that question is yes, we should be supportive to Israel and the Jewish people. Um, I, I felt like the word grace kept coming up in worship and I felt like the Lord told me to tell you that this is a grace message Whatever you get out of this, I want you to receive a grace for what I'm saying, a grace to love and support the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And we're going we're gonna to get into that here. All right. Um, I believe that God is not done with the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. And I believe that the modern day Israel is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Okay. I believe modern day Israel is a sign and a wonder for you and for me to behold, all right? Um, give you a little history on Israel. This is a very, very, um, very much of a nutshell. Um, Israel has been, the, the people of Israel, the Jewish people, have been driven from their homeland um, twice throughout history. Once in 586 BC, they were driven out of their land, and they were outside of their land for 70 years, and then God brought them back. Um, the last time they were, they were uh, conquered and driven out from their land, was in 70 AD during the Roman Jewish Wars. Jerusalem was destroyed. Most importantly, the temple was destroyed. And the Jews were carried off in exile, many of them into slavery. Many of them died at that moment. Um, and they were without a homeland for almost nearly 2,000 years. They were without a homeland. They went into all throughout the world, into Europe, into Asia, um, into Africa, all different parts of the world. They were, they were completely dispersed everywhere. This is a... Uh, on a, a side note, that um, before God brought them back in 1948 into their homeland, 
uh, Jews spoke the language that, of the country they were in. They were, if they were in Germany or they were in Russia, they spoke that language. And only, only the um, rabbis spoke Hebrew. And when they all came back to, to Israel in 1948, it was like, we've got all these languages and we don't know what the, do we speak Yiddish? Do we speak Russian? Do we speak, you know, there's all these Jews from different places in the world. And for the first time in 2,000 years, they decided to make Hebrew their national language. And that is a miracle in itself. There's never in, in the course of history has there been a language that has been dead for 2,000 years that was resurrected. And now that's the national language of Israel is Hebrew. It's, it's phenomenal. But in 1948, Israel became a nation once again. And uh, Jews, wave after wave, began to resettle in their homeland. Um, of course, this is not without controversy. Um, in fact, <laughs> it's been one of the most controversial things um, that we see in our world today, and, and the reason why maybe there's not peace in the Middle East. But the United States, and among other countries, there was the United Nations, they voted to um, annex that land for the nation of Israel. And when Israel declared independence in 1948, the United States was the first country to officially recognize Israel as a country. I believe one of the reasons the United States has been such a blessed nation is because of our support for the nation of Israel. I, believe, I don't believe that the, to the extent that the United States have been, has been prospered, um, probably the most prosperous nation in the history of the world that you're currently living in. You should be thankful for that, by the way. Um, I believe is part of, a re- part of the result of of being supported, uh, that we support the Jewish people, the nation of Israel. Um, there's a documentary that, if, um, that I'd love to point you to. It's called Above and Beyond, and it talks about the, for, the very early formation of Israel and the, um, the Israeli Air Force. It's a fascinating documentary, Above and Beyond. Go find that and watch it. It's really good. <clears throat> but before 1948, I want to rewind the clock just a little bit. In 1867, the author, the American author, Mark Twain, visited the Holy Land. And I want to read to you his account of the Holy Land during that time. This is what he said. He said, it is a desolate country whose soil is rich enough, but given over wholly to weeds, a silent, mournful expanse. A desolation is here that not even imagination can grace with the pomp of life and action. We never saw a human being on the whole route There was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere. Even the olive and the cactus, those fast friends of the worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. Okay, that's Mark Twain's account of the Holy Land in 1867. He also said this, I would not desire to live here. It is a worthless, hopeless, dreary land. Okay, that was the condition of of the Holy Land prior to the nation of Israel coming back, okay? Let me read you this scripture from Ezekiel. It says this, Ezekiel 36, 33 through 36. This is what the sovereign Lord says. On that day, I will cleanse you from all your sins. I will resettle you in your towns and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, this land was laid waste This land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were lying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that remain will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt what was destroyed, and I have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Okay? So God decreed that one day, once again, 
the land of Israel would be re-inhabited by the Jewish people who were exiled for nearly 2,000 years. I want to play a video of kind of modern-day Israel. There's, there's uh, so many facets we could go after um, and focus on, but I want to kind of play a video of just modern-day Israel, and I want you to contrast this video with what Mark Twain said in 1867. So go ahead and roll that. Pretty amazing, huh? The contrast between what with Mark between what with Mark Twain said and with modern day Israel. It is a current sign and a wonder. Uh, for over the past hundred years, Israel has planted 250 million trees in the land. Israel has become uh, a massive center of technology. There's like a Silicon Valley of the round there. Massive uh, techno- technological center um, specializing in cybersecurity. A massive agricultural center. A lot of uh, Europe's winter crops come from Israel. Um, they they master the the drip system. They recycle they recycle more water than any other country in the world. Their their um, agricultural technology is like the best in the world. Um, they're also a giant um, medical medical giant. Many inventions. 
um, and many countries have benefited from all the technological advances of Israel. All right. And for obvious reasons, they're also a very powerful military might in the region. In fact, I just watched this, this thing yesterday that the United States just purchased from Israel um, some of their Iron Dome components that we're going to use for ourselves. So now the U.S., we used to like sell them technology, which we'd go back and forth, but we're actually buying technology from them, uh, defense technology and those kind of things. So modern day sign and a wonder um, that God exists and that prophecy exists and the Bible exists. But the question is that I want to get at today is, did they deserve it? Did the Jews deserve it? You know, most, most Jews, uh, even today and in that land, they're not professing Christians. It's a very secular society still. They're, of course, the, um, the very religious sect of their society. But do, did they deserve it? Well, let me ask you a question. Did you deserve it? Do you deserve the richness of God's blessing in your life? Come on. Ezekiel 36, 22 through 23 says this. Therefore, say to the Israelites, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It is not for your sake, people Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I am proved holy before their eyes. Okay, so the Bible says they didn't deserve it, but God had concern for his holy name, and he had made promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he fulfilled those promises because he had concern for his holy name. God keeps his promises, amen? Okay, so Israel is a modern-day sign and a wonder. To me, the question becomes, what about the spiritual restoration of Israel? Currently, most Jewish people are very, it's actually one of the hardest places in the world to evangelize currently. That's changing, by the way. But traditionally, Jews have been very hard to evangelize. There are reasons for that as well. You know, Christians haven't exactly been good to Jews over the years. You know, the uh, Holocaust would be one of those things. The Crusades would be another one of those things, right? So they're very resistant, but they will, um, they will begin to open their eyes to Jesus, okay? Let me read you a few scriptures from the book of Romans that will help you see this. Romans chapter 11, verses 11 through 12. Paul says this, speaking of the Jewish people. Again, I ask, did they stumble so as to fall beyond recovery? Not at all. Rather, because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make Israel envious. But if their transgression means riches to the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring? Okay, so their, their resistance to God and not receiving Jesus Messiah, they lost their homeland because of it and for many other things. But it opened up the door for the Gentile age to come into place. And how many have benefited from that? How many are thankful for that? I am. Okay, but he says, how much greater riches will their full inclusion bring to us all? Romans, we'll jump down to verses, verse 15. For if their temporary rejection released reconciling power of grace into the world, what will happen when Israel is reinstated and reconciled to God? What will happen? It will unleash resurrection power throughout the whole world. Okay. Amen. There is a day coming when the Jewish people, their eyes will be open. They will see King Jesus for who he is, their true Messiah. 
and it will unleash grace and the power of God throughout the world. I believe it's going to be one of the greatest revivals we have ever seen. Romans eleven twenty five through 26. <clears throat> For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own opinion. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved. He says this. He, um, Paul quotes a scripture from the Old Testament. I believe it's Isaiah. The deliverer will come out of Zion and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. The deliverer, Jesus, will come from Zion. He will, he will turn away ungodliness from the children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. There is coming a day when Israel will put their faith and trust in Yeshua, in King Jesus. It's going to be amazing. Okay, so I want to illustrate this a little bit, and I want to kind of ask the question, well, when will this happen? And I don't know exactly when this will happen, but <clears throat> I want to get to this a little bit. Um, Ezekiel 37 is a very uh, known passage of scripture. It talks about the valley of dry bones, right? And um, it talks about the valley of dry bones, but this is a prophetic picture of Israel's physical restoration as well as Israel's spiritual restoration. So there's two separate things there. There's physical restoration and then spiritual restoration. They have been restored physically. Their spiritual restoration is coming. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 8, it says this. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and, flesh, uh, and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Watch this, verse 7 and 8. So I prophesied what I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, tendons, flesh, then appeared, uh, appeared and, and on them, and skin covered them. Watch this but there was no breath in them. The bones came together, the tendons came on, the muscle, the skin, but there was no breath in them. I believe this is the current, this is a picture of the current state of the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. They have been regathered, but the breath of God, the, the ruach, right? The breath of God, that's the Hebrew word there. The wind, the breath of the spirit, the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit has not yet been blown into them. All right? Watch this. But, but then we go down to verse, verse 9. It says this. Then he said to me, prophesy breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breath entered them so that they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these are the bones of the people Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone, and we are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. 
and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. All right? That is a prophetic picture of the current state of Israel. He prophesied once, the bones came together, the, the tendons, the muscle, the skin, but they didn't have life, okay? The nation of Israel has been regathered to their homeland. There is about, um, uh, there's about 7 million people in Israel currently, and about half the people, uh, the Jewish people in the world live in Israel, and the other half are still scattered. They're still being gathered to their homeland, That's still a process. That's still happening. I actually read this last night, that the population of Jewish people in the world has just now reached what it was before um, World War II. That 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 hit that they took by by losing, what was it, 6 million Jews, that hit that they took, it took them 70 years to get back to where they are today. And they've been regathered. There's about 7 million in Israel and that many more around the world. Okay, so we are between verses 8 and 9 here. They've been regathered, but the Spirit of God has not yet been poured out on them. What a day it will be when that happens, amen? <clears throat> Look at this. Last week, we, we were talking about the Bible and messianic prophecies of, of Jesus. Look at this messianic prophecy from uh, Zechariah 12.10. It says this, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. Remember I said this is a grace message? I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and will mourn as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. Who was, who was pierced? Right? He was the one that pierced. And he says of himself, I will pour out on them a spirit of grace and supplication, and they will mourn for me. They will see the one that they pierced. They will look to King Jesus, the Messiah, as their Lord and Savior. They will realize that the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Okay? Israel has experienced a blindness in part up until now. And who knows when God will fully take those blinders off and pour out a spirit of grace and supplication on the Jewish people. But it is coming. Amen? So my point is, God is not done with the Jewish people or the land of Israel. He made promises specifically about the land, the land itself. God has a lot to say about who the land belongs to. There's a lot of diverse population living within the country. And honestly, Israel is happy to share it. They're happy to share that land um, with, with Arabs. They're happy to share that land with um, the Druze and the different, the Armenians, the different people that live there. But I have a feeling they're not going to give it back. <laughs> okay. So God's not done with the Jewish people or the nation of Israel. So why should Christians support the Jewish people and the nation of Israel? I want to give you six reasons for that today. Reason number one, there is a blessing in it for us. There's a blessing in it for us. Genesis 12, one through three says this. The Lord had, uh, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country Uh, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Watch this, verse three. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse, um, and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, 
Um, this is, again, is a messianic picture of Jesus. All the people on earth will be blessed through Israel because Jesus came from the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So all the nations on earth are blessed through Jesus. However, in addition to that, there is a blessing in blessing the seed of Abraham. Amen? The physical seed of Abraham. There's a blessing in it for us. I mentioned the United States being the most blessed country in the history of the world. I don't think that's by accident. I think part of that is because of our support for God's chosen land and God's chosen people. Amen? All right, reason number two, why Christians should love and support Israel. Second reason is we should love what God loves. I want to love what God loves. If God says, I love this people, I love this land, I love this city, I want to love that city. Revelation 20 says that Jerusalem is the city that God loves. It says in the, in the book of Genesis uh, that um, God did not choose the Jewish people because they were mightier and more numerous than any other nations, but just simply that he loved them. He loved them. He chose them. Okay. Psalms chapter 122 verse 6 says this, pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. Okay. I want to love what God loves. God loves Jerusalem. I want to love Jerusalem. Amen. It's the city he loves. I want to love what he loves. I want to hate what God hates. A side note on Jerusalem, it says in the Bible that Jerusalem will become a stumbling block to all nations. And it has become a stumbling block for all nations. But it says this of uh, that he who tries to move that stumbling block will only hurt themselves. Okay, God has a vested interest in keeping Jerusalem where it is. And if we try to move it, you try to mess with it, you mess with the apple of his eye, he's going to poke both of your eyes out. Okay. <laughs> all right. Now... So we need to be very careful. We need to understand the word of God and what God says about that land and about those people. Man, I want to love what he loves. I want to hate what he hates. Okay, now someone might say this. Uh, Pastor Kurt, that's not fair. It's not fair that he would love Jerusalem or love the Jews, love Israel above other nations. Well, to be fair, God loves all nations. He's the God of all the earth. In fact, the nations are his inheritance, right? Jesus, uh, well, it was David who prophesied this in the, in the book of Psalms. It says, ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession, okay? He is the God of the world. He loves the world, and he chose Abraham that the, the Messiah would come through, but there's something special about Israel still and Jerusalem still, okay? Some people would say, well, that's not fair. Well, I would say to you, again, is it fair? Is any of this fair? That he chose you. Did you do something great to be chosen by him? He chose you. He pulled you out and brought you up because he loves you. You were in him before the creation of the world. So I would say in regard to, in regard to God um, making choices that he is like Ron Swanson. Or maybe I should say Ron Swanson is like God in that regard. So go ahead and roll this video to illustrate this. Okay, let's begin the barbecue. Oh, hey, little guy, what are you doing? Oh, no. Everyone, meet your meat. No, why are you doing this to us? Well, in my opinion, not enough people have looked their dinner in the eyes and considered the circle of life. Hey, Ron, you're not going to slaughter that pig here, are you? Not to worry. I have a permit. This just says I can do what I want. I am the director of the parks department, and this is a park. 
ask God why he chose Jerusalem and Israel and the Jewish people. He, ask him for his permit. He will hand you back, say, I do what I want. Okay? He does what he wants. I didn't get a vote. Did you get a vote? Right? Amen? I didn't get a vote. He does what he wants. Some things he just does, you guys. Okay? He's not looking for your approval for certain things. But you have an opportunity to get on the right side of that argument. Amen? By knowing what he has chosen. Listen, God is not an idea. God is not a moral force. Right? God is God. He has likes. He has dislikes. He has preferences. He has a personality. He chose Abraham. He chose Israel. He chose Jerusalem. He will rule and reign from the city of Jerusalem. The Bible says that. That when Jesus comes back, he will reign the world from Jerusalem. All the Bible, all the prophetic, um, all the um, scriptures have yet to be fulfilled in Bible prophecy. They all center around Israel and Jerusalem. Without the people returning to that land, we're not set up for those things to come to pass. Okay? He will rule and reign from Jerusalem. I want to love what he loves. I want to hate what he hates. Okay. Reason number three, why Christians should love and support Israel. Number three is we owe them a debt of gratitude. The book of Romans, Paul urges believers to bless the Jewish people who were struggling. Um, there was a famine in, in uh, Jerusalem during that time. He urges believers to bless the Jewish people at that time. Romans 15, 25 through 27 says this. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed, they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles share in the Jews' spiritual blessing, they owe it to the Jews to share with, with them their material blessings. Okay, so he says, we've reaped the benefit of spiritual blessings from the Jewish people, and now we owe it to them to, to share with them our material blessings in return. Okay, uh, Reason number four, why Christians should love and support Israel. Reason number four is to correct the errors of our past. Um, through, through different false teachings like replacement theology, which says that the church has replaced Israel and the covenants with Israel no longer valid, through teachings like that, um, bad things happened, like, like killing Jews in the Crusades and the Inquisitions and the Holocaust, okay? This is why many Jews are resistant to the gospel, resistant to Jesus. I was in, I was in Israel uh, a few years ago, and um, we had someone with us that had a guitar, and we're like, let's go out into Jerusalem, like, let's, let's like, worship and stuff like that. So we go out, and we start, like, just at night time, we're just hanging out, and we're worshiping, and, like, people love music there. People love culture there. So, like, people hear, like, oh, cool, there's some music going on, Jewish people, you know? Um, and they come up, and we're singing, and then as soon as you say the word Jesus, they're like, oh, you know. Okay, that's because Christians have not treated Israel and Jews kindly throughout the years, okay? We want to counter those errors, correct the errors of our past. Um, there's a scripture I preached on a few weeks ago that I believe the end-time revival, um, that the hearts of the fathers would be turned to the children and the children to their fathers. I believe there will be a literal um, generational um, reconciliation. I, I also believe that that verse has a dual meaning. I also believe that the hearts of the fathers, our Jewish forefathers, will be turned to the children and the children to the fathers. God is knitting the hearts of evangelical believers 
to the Jewish people and loving the Jewish people, I believe that will in, in turn be turned back towards us and there will be a dual love towards one another. The hearts of the fathers will be turned to the children, the children to the fathers. Amen? All right. Reason number five, why Christians should love and support Israel. Um, Israel has become a beachhead of democracy and freedom in the Middle East. I think it goes without saying that that is probably one of the best ways to govern. Um, more freedom and uh, more women's rights and oppressed people have more freedom in democracies. Reason number six, why Christians should love and support Israel. Israel's salvation will be one of the most powerful miracles that the world has ever seen. Paul said in Romans, it will be like life from the dead, resurrection power for the world upon their full inclusion. Okay. Um, and again, by the way, more Jews are being saved now than ever throughout the course of history. The, I believe the blinders are coming off. I think we're, in a, uh, we're at a place where the age of the Gentiles is coming to an end. I believe God wants to do much more, but the age of Jewish people coming to faith in Messiah is beginning to overlap. I believe there's some overlap there that we're beginning to see right now. More Jewish people are seeing Jesus as their Messiah than ever before. There's some excellent ministries out there ran by Jewish people who are reaching other Jews for Jesus. Which, by the way, is, is part of the of fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus said in um, Matthew 24, before he prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem, he said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Okay, there is coming a point where Jews will witness to Jews and say, blessed is he, Jesus, who comes in the name of the Lord. So it's coming. So how do we bless them? How do we bless the Jewish people and the nation of Israel? Number one, in word. In a show of solidarity in our speech, uh, number two, in prayer. Prayer for their safety, prayer for their prosperity, prayer, of course, for their salvation. Number three, indeed, by giving, by serving, and through evangelism. I love going to Israel. I love doing tours, but I always like to add an element of service at least some point in a tour where you're actively serving. We did a, we did a uh, when we were there a few years ago, we did lots of touring, but we also did a, like, we cleaned up trash at the Sea of Galilee which is just like phenomenal, you know? So serving, loving, giving, evangelism, those kind of things. I'll add one addendum to, to this. I will add to this voting. I have a personal conviction to support pro-Israel candidates, and I want to urge you to do the same, okay? <clears throat> there are some candidates out there who are far left-winged, and they're very anti-Semitic, and that's very dangerous, okay? They want to divide that land and not let the Jewish people live there, okay? And I want to just add that to my, to my sermon. Very recently, the United States moved our embassy to Jerusalem, and now many countries are talking about following suit and moving their embassy to Jerusalem, which is a show of solidarity. It's a show of support to the nation of Israel. And so good things are happening. More and more nations are um, coming to, into the support of Israel. Many are still very much opposed to her existence. Um, I didn't really put this in my notes, but Ezekiel 38 talks about a war that has yet to happen. And a little piece of biblical prophecy that recently came to pass. <clears throat> if you see the, the battle lines drawn there, there are countries that are going to attack Israel 
um, Turkey, Iran, it very clearly says Persia, um, Iran, so the, which is Iran, uh, Turkey, and Russia. Those are very clear in scripture that those nations will come against Israel because to take spoil from her, to take technology, to take um, uh, natural gas. Israel has found vast um, reserves of natural gas. So it, it lists these countries that, that will attack Israel someday. It also lists a group of countries that are at very least protesters of this invasion. Sheba Dedan. Sheba is Saudi Arabia. Dedan is the United Arab Emirates and the, um, what is the other country? Bahrain, thank you. United Arab Emirates and Bahrain. These countries on that, the, uh, that peninsula there are now recognizing and aligning themselves with Israel. And unlike, unlike the peace agreements that happened, um, there hasn't been a peace agreement in like 20 or 30 years. Egypt signed a peace agreement with Israel, and uh, so has Jordan. And unlike those peace agreements, which are basically just glorified ceasefires, these peace agreements are actually talking about normalizing relationships. In other words, you can travel there, you can tour there, they want to go back and forth. Um, when there was a delegation from Israel to go to the UAE, they flew over Saudi Arabia, which is like never happened. Listen, Saudi Arabia, this wouldn't be happening without the support of Saudi Arabia in the middle. And I believe one of the next steps is maybe to see Saudi Arabia come and sign a peace agreement with Israel. I'm cautiously optimistic about these peace agreements. I'm a little, opti um, a little cautious when they talk about Israel not being able to annex land for their use, but I'm optimistic about it. Those battle lines are being drawn. We're seeing that very clearly in scripture. And so it's, it's, it's an exciting time to live. We're seeing those things begin to align. And um, of course, we don't want war, but the Bible talks about Ezekiel 38 that there is a war coming that God will help Israel with, okay? Um, and here's my hope for America. America's really not mentioned in biblical prophecy. My hope for America is there's another group of nations listed in Ezekiel 38 as the protesters, um, which is defined as um, the nations of Tarshish or the lion and its cubs. Many people believe in, in scripture that that represents the United Kingdom and the United Kingdom's colonies, which the United States would be one of those colonies. In fact, a lot of colonization that uh, Great Britain did um, back when they were an empire. So you got Australia, you got these, these different countries that I believe will come in to support Israel at that time. Will they fight against these other nations? I don't know. Who knows? But we're seeing these battle lines drawn up and it's an amazing time to live in. And so um, I'll pray here in just a minute, but I'll close with this. To be pro-Israel does not mean we don't care about Palestinians, Arabs, or Persians, okay? There are more Iranians being saved right now, putting their faith in Jesus than ever in history before. There's a window. The Iranian people are beautiful, amazing people. Their government is cuckoo, okay? So we need to be praying for revival in Iran. I have friends who've gone to Iran and done missions trips. God is saving Iranians. That's a beautiful thing. So to be pro-Israel does not mean we don't care about Palestinians, Arabs, or Persians. To be pro-Israel does not mean that everything the state of Israel does is perfect, okay? And to be pro-Israel does not mean that they can't, that they, they can get saved without Jesus. They need Jesus. There's actually a false teaching going around as well saying that 
Gentiles get saved one way and Jews get saved a different way. No, they all get saved through Messiah. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so with that, I'm going to pray and then we'll close. Uh, if you want, you guys can stand to your feet this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the times that we live in, that there is a Kairos moment, Lord, right now. We ask for salvation for the nations, God, that Persians, God, that Arabs, God, would come to faith. God, if these countries open up and normalize relationships with Israel, God, that the gospel would go into those places and Jesus would be preached in those places, Lord God. We ask for your spirit to be poured out. There'd be a window, Lord God, to preach the gospel throughout the world. Jesus, you said this gospel will go to every nation and then the end will come. We know, God, it has been preached openly and plainly in every nation in the world, Lord, but we believe it will, Lord. God, I pray today for the peace of Jerusalem. God, give us a heart for your people. Help us to be a witness to the Jewish people, Lord God. Help us to bless the descendants of Abraham. In Jesus' name, God. And if there's anyone here, there is a seed of anti-Semitism in your heart. Right now, we just I pray for grace to break that off in Jesus' name, that you would not come into agreement with an anti-Semitic spirit, that you would love and bless Jesus' brethren, that you would love and bless those who belong to Jesus. And so, God, we bless anyone here, God, who's harboring bitterness or hate, or even just jealousy because they see how well the, the Jewish people are blessed, Lord God. I pray that you would we break agreement with that, Lord God, and we would step in alignment with you, Lord God. So I just pray for a spirit of grace, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, save your people. We ask for a spirit of grace and supplication to be poured out on the Jewish people. They would see Jesus as the Messiah. We know this is going to happen more and more. We love you, God. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.